Knowing your blood pressure and cholesterol numbers and understanding what they mean could help you live a longer and healthier life. Let's talk to Dr. Robert Hopkins, a UAMS professor of medicine and pediatrics and the director of the Division of General Internal Medicine. This is UAMS Health Talk from the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences. I'm Scott Webb. Dr. Hopkins, thanks for joining me today. Why is it so important that people know their numbers and maybe more importantly, know what those numbers mean? The challenge we have in life is oftentimes we kind of skate our way on through and we don't think about taking care of ourselves. You know, it's really easy to take care of other folks, but we don't necessarily think about our own health. Blood pressure is um, a real determinant of what our risk is for cardiovascular disease down the road. We don't want people to have heart attacks. We don't want people to have strokes. We don't want people to have blockages in their major arteries. And so if we can control people's blood pressure effectively, we can help reduce the risk of those things. Now, what are those numbers that we need to think about and what do they mean? Well, in general, we're looking to try to keep people's blood pressure at close to a number of 120 over 80 or less on a regular basis. Used to be that uh, the standard we set was we wanted everyone's blood pressure below 140 over 90, and some more recent studies have shown even being satisfied with that set of numbers may put some people at higher risk than they ought to be. Now, doesn't mean that you necessarily need to be on medicine if you see that reading every once in a while because our blood pressure does vary throughout our lives. But knowing that number from the doctor's office and making sure that we ask questions, you know, am I doing the things to get a good measurement is important. I think it's helpful for people to check their own blood pressures at home. No one reading by itself is a be-all and an end-all, but, uh, but following that over time can help us to better manage our, our cardiovascular health. Uh, and so knowing that blood pressure number is important. Second issue is, is cholesterol. Uh, many of us have had cholesterol measured over the years, and we think about, you know, my cholesterol is 200, or my cholesterol is 100, or my cholesterol is 300. That number is often a measure of total cholesterol. Total cholesterol can change a bit as we age through life. In men, it tends to kind of gradually increase, and in women, tends to stay relatively stable unless you have other changes in your life, like a big change in weight or a big change in activity, but tends to jump up more around the time of menopause. But having that cholesterol number measured on a regular basis can help us to put that into a calculator and figure out what your risk is for cardiovascular disease down the road and make a decision whether we need to continue to work on exercise, we need to do something with diet, we need to focus on weight, or we potentially need to start a medication to lower cholesterol. So, so that's the, the cardiovascular numbers that are important. So much great information, Dr. Hopkins. How are those critical numbers monitored? Well, cholesterol uh, or a lipid panel should be checked in most of us intermittently. Probably every three to five years is plenty, as long as uh, you don't have a big change in weight or a big change in activity or other change in your health status. If you have those changes that are, that are happening, then it may need to be checked more frequently than that. Blood pressure probably ought to be checked in all adults, at least all of us 35 and older, uh, at least once a year. But I think it's helpful to, uh, if you have the opportunity to spot check it uh, either at home or in your local pharmacy or grocery store, spot checking that on, a, uh, on an intermittent basis through the year to, to allow your doctor to have some data 
to go on can also be very helpful in monitoring your health. That's interesting that you mentioned that. I saw one of those chairs the other day, and I've seen the, the home versions, the portable versions. Would it just be best if we leave blood pressure monitoring to the professionals? Those of us that uh, that do this every day realize that the more data you have, the more, the more actual numbers you have to look at, you can really better assess what the trends are. I think it's okay for folks to just use the uh, the numbers that come out of a doctor's office, but I think if we're proactive and we're more involved with our own health and looking at things over time, while those numbers may not be perfect, if we're measuring it the right way, and, and I'll give you a couple of tips on that in just a minute, but if we're measuring it the right way, then that can be very helpful. What is the right way? Generally, we want people to be sitting comfortably in a chair with their feet flat on the floor, the the cuff that you're using to measure blood pressure should be directly on the skin of your upper arm, and you need to be calm and relaxed. Not a good time to measure your blood pressure when you've uh, just had an argument with your next door neighbor uh, or if you've just eaten a big meal. So you want to be at a, at a kind of an even keel, relaxed state. Yeah, so I know when I go into a doctor and I sit down, I sort of feel like maybe we shouldn't take my blood pressure right away. Should we maybe wait a couple of minutes, let things kind of calm down? Is it better then to kind of let things calm down a little bit before you check that? Absolutely. You're, you're right on target there. In fact, that's what I instruct my staff is it's best for us to go talk through some of the additional history information we need to know. You know, what's been going on since the last time you were in the office? What medications are you taking? If there are any other screening questionnaires, let's do all of those things first. Then let's check blood pressure if you had a chance to relax a few minutes. And I know you mentioned this earlier, but, you know, how does blood pressure change as we get older? And if it happens to rise, is that necessarily a bad thing, or do we need to consider all the factors? All of the factors are important is the, is the short answer, Scott. Um, in, as we age, our blood vessels tend to get a little stiffer. And so blood pressure, particularly the top number, tends to rise a little bit. Um, we still have the same targets that we aim for, but in consultation with your doctor, we may, as an individual, set slightly different targets than what we talk about as our national goals because some people have symptoms when you aim for a set number. And so having that discussion with your doctor, with your healthcare professional, is really important to make sure that we're treating you as an individual and not just throwing you in the pot with everybody else. So let's talk about glucose. How do we measure that? How do we monitor that? What does that mean exactly? What is uh, glucose? Glucose is, uh, is basically a simple sugar that is in many of the things that we eat, and our body uses that as an energy source. And people that, are, uh, that either have high blood pressure or people that are overweight or people that were concerned about diabetes, checking blood sugar, checking glucose is an important thing to do. Generally, it's most accurate if you measure it in a fasting state, meaning somebody hasn't eaten for at least a couple of hours. Um, but glucose can be measured through either a finger stick or a blood draw. It can be measured fasting. It can be measured over time. Uh, but generally, when we're talking about uh, glucose measurements, we're talking about a one-time spot check of what your sugar is at that moment in time. If you have diabetes, having that uh, measured on a regular basis is helpful if you're on certain medications that can cause that sugar to go up and down. But for most of us, having that checked once every year or two or three in, in relation to their health status is a good thing. Let's talk about cholesterol. Let's move there. Let's talk about the difference between good and bad cholesterol. Uh, how do we maintain correct range of each? That can be a bit of a challenge. There are lots of factors that go into the different components of cholesterol. 
when we when I think about cholesterol, I think of basically four components. I think about the total cholesterol. That's all the cholesterol added up together. I think about triglycerides. Triglycerides are the true fats, the, the fats that come from uh, what your body makes as well as from the food you eat. I think about HDL or good cholesterol, and I think about LDL or bad cholesterol. Each of those components can go up and down through your life depending on what your overall health is, depending on what the status of your liver is, uh, depending on what your weight and exercise are. So each of those components uh, tell us slightly different information and may imply that we need to think about other health conditions. Most of the time when I'm thinking about cholesterol and, and those lipid fractions or components these days, I use those numbers and, and put them into a calculating tool to calculate someone's cardiovascular risk rather than spending a whole lot of focus on the absolute lipid numbers themselves. So we try to put that in the context of the whole person. And really that leads to the point of when I think about numbers in medicine, I try to help my patients remember and I try to keep myself focused on the fact that a number is a number unless you put that in the context of the human being sitting in front of you. And a number of, you know, a blood sugar of 110 in me might mean something very different than a blood sugar of 110 in a patient that I'm taking care of who's got diabetes on insulin. So context is, is at least as important as the number itself. Absolutely, context. And I love your patient-centered approach, Dr. Hopkins. What else do people need to know about their numbers, what they mean, treatment options, anything else we can share with listeners? Really, the, the big thought that I think we, uh, we need to put in around numbers is that really any time that we have a, a situation where we're getting blood work done, or we're in a healthcare setting, having a conversation with the healthcare provider that you're seeing about what we're checking, why we're checking it, and how that's important in you as an individual is really as important as what any, any one individual result is. We also have to remember that all of us as individuals are slightly different. And for most test results that you see done in a clinic or in the hospital, there's gonna be a range that's listed as a normal range well, that range is, a, is normal across a population, but it doesn't mean that any particular individual is going to be abnormal if they sit slightly above or outside of that range. So having a conversation about what the numbers are and what their implications are in you as an individual is really the most important piece. That's awesome. You're such a wealth of information, Dr. Hopkins. Thanks so much for your time today. For more information on Dr. Hopkins and the importance of knowing your numbers, visit UAMSHealth.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and check out the full podcast library for additional topics that may interest you. This is UAMS Health Talk. Thanks for listening.